The Daily Witness is not just a podcast, but originally started as a gospel newspaper. Trevor Van Vieren Ministries distributes this newspaper free of charge, paid for by partners and friends. If you have not received a copy of this newspaper in your mailbox, feel free to download a copy from our website, www.thedailywitness.co.za. And now, enjoy today's podcast. Uh, Lord, we just thank you that we can all come together tonight in person and online. Uh, We thank you for the message that you are giving us to share with them. And I really, I pray that um, everyone takes something away with with them tonight. Yeah, I just, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here. You open our ears and our Mm. eyes and our heart to receive tonight. And we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay. So, as you guys know, we are back from East London. And... I can tell you something now. It never ceases to amaze me how God sets things up. Mm. I'm just going to jump right into it. For a while now, Megan has been saying, hey, we're going to go to East London. We're going to go to East London. (laughs) I just kept... Well, I said, we have to go. Yeah. And I just kept quiet, you know. (laughs) She just... Kept on saying, we're going to go to East London. We're going to East London. And you don't realize who's behind that. Mm. You know? there's I, I believe in this. There's a right time for everything. Yeah. And you always know when that right time comes along. You just, eh? you just know when the time is. And I'll tell you what. When the time came... I just knew by the Spirit of God, he said, uh, salvation, baptisms, Holy Ghost baptisms and so forth, water baptisms and so forth. And we had two days because Megan was able to get off the Friday and we were going to stay there Friday and Saturday, of course, and then leave Sunday. And we've been believing God, believing God the whole week and just... Asking God, how are we going to sort this out? Well, I was chatting with Angela, of course, and chatting with Chantal and arranging things and so forth. And we left here about 10 o'clock in the morning, eh? Yes. We took a nice drive up there. It's a lovely drive, by the way. Yeah. And we rolled into town, and then about we checked in about 2 o'clock at our place, and then... At three o'clock, we saw Chantal and Robbie. Mm. Well, of course, I've been talking to Chantal for a while. I know her for a while, but we've never met face to face. Yeah. And I've never even met Robbie. You know, Robbie sent me a message and said, you know, um, he's introducing himself and so forth. When we got there, um, we just had a, a lovely time, you know. We just led him to the Lord, just confirmed his salvation, and he prayed his prayer. He prayed himself right into the kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, right afterwards, uh, we spoke to him about water baptism. And he said, okay, let's do this. <laughs> Went out into the pool, dunked him, and he came up a new man. So cool. And then we spoke to them about the Holy Ghost baptism and so we laid hands on them. Now, little Riley, which is their daughter, I think she's 10 or 11. Yeah, 11. Oops, she's probably listening to this right now. Yes, you better get that right. <laughs> and um, i tell you what, man, she was so keen to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Laid hands on her and within seconds... When I took my hand off of her head, within seconds she started speaking in other tongues. There's a little girl. But she came expectant, eh? Yeah. She came expectant. She but wanted that. She was, man, she was like blazing the power of God, you know? <laughs> and she could, she, she actually said, oh, I've got to go to school, you know? <laughs> 
So that was really, really cool. And then you see this little girl laying hands on her parents and praying in tongues. It was really, really awesome to see. And then from there, uh, we were there until about half past five. eh? Yes. And then from half past five. Sorry, guys, you uh, East London Church. I'm just letting you know. Uh, They only came here today on a Wednesday. So now we're filling them in. On what happened there. We're just boasting about you guys. Yeah, that's all. We went over to Denver and Angela's place and spent some time uh, with them. And then Angela introduced me to her folks, you know. And I had a nice chat, a really, really nice chat with her parents and spoke with her dad. And he still said, you know, he just wants, basically, he wants to do what's right. He doesn't want to be forced and so forth. And I said, I, I completely agree with yeah. you. And I said to him, we can talk. And if you feel that it's not for now, I said, that's just fine. I said, we can always come back next time. We are planning on coming back next time. And we can even do it then. He said, I love that. And went back to our Airbnb. Yo, I was tired, eh? Yeah. I was I think we were still awake at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. We just couldn't sleep. And uh, eventually fell asleep. Got up about six because I said I want to meet with Denver at well, when he takes his walk in the morning, you know. And so he already sent me a message at half for six. <laughs> <laughs> he was so keen to take a walk. And I said, okay. And... Then Angela sent me a message and she said um, her dad woke up in the middle of the night and he just knew this is it. He needs to get water baptized. And so that was so, so, so awesome. God spoke to him. Yeah. And so then I, I walked with Denver. I got about six and a half thousand steps in that day. <laughs> and uh, got back, had a quick breakfast, went to sleep. And we got had up an again. Hour, yeah. An hour nap. Had to get up again. Yeah. And then from there, we got ready and we went to go and see Stacy because we had an appointment with her and she's in the hoon. Yes. And that was at two o'clock. So you must understand we have to leave a little bit earlier, you know, and find our way over there and so forth. And when we got over there, they too, I mean, just, just so excited to see us and and so forth and um we water baptized the father the the mother and the little daughter the daughter's like eight years old yes she drew me a little picture and and just to say thank you you know and cut it out and i got a better picture though yeah this came in colors but it's it's fine colors that said church on it yeah And uh, her too yeah. got such a heart for God. Yeah. She sits and reads her Bible to her classmates yeah. in, in school. So, and yeah. Um, yeah, we were with them about till about half past five, mm. and then I just said to Angela, "Okay, we're on our way now." And we still had to fill up with gas as well. And you know, everything takes time, so you're running out of time. So really, like two days is nothing. Mm. Like there was no vacation, and we don't mind. It was so rewarding. There's nothing like it. And you know you're there because God wants you there. And Mm. he's just talking to the people and preparing them and so forth. And we got to Angela's place and then I went to go and uh, speak to her dad and mom. And her mom is just like, she's, she hasn't been in a pool because she was thrown in a pool when she was young. And she said, I'm not getting into a pool, you know. <laughs> I think she said since 1977. So, something like that. I'm not too sure. But I saw that woman say she's going to do it. And she's going to get into a pool for Jesus. Like honor. what honor was really. Yeah. So we got her dad in and you know he's also he's full of jokes that one <laughs> <laughs> and so shame we got him in we baptized him baptized uh, her mom and we just had a lovely fellowship meal after that mm-hmm. so we baptized water baptized six people 
in those two days, uh, one guy gave his heart to the Lord and little girl spoke in other tongues. Yeah. What a rewarding weekend. Mm. There's nothing like it. You want to say something about that? No, I was just, I was just going to say, you know, we weren't really sure what to expect. And yeah, so we didn't actually pack too much stuff in. Because yes. we thought, you know, we're going to go to a store and buy whatever we need to buy there because we had planned to bribe the Friday night and I don't know what else we had planned. So we literally didn't take anything with except I think we took packed in some eggs or something and yeah. our coffee machine and our coffee and things like that. Because the, the store, I think, was right around the corner from us yeah. anyway. And do you know that we never had to make any food yeah. the whole time we were there? At all. Everything was taken care of. Every single house I, we went to, there was something there. Yeah, these, like, I'm not even kidding you. Like, these people, it's a good thing we didn't take food with. It would have went to waste. Yeah. Because I think we bought a loaf of bread so we could make, like, breakfast in the morning. Yeah. Um, and that was it. But just their hearts, just the way they opened up their homes to us. Every one of them said, you know, you come stay, you come stay with us. You stay here, yeah, we've got a place for you. Every yeah. single one of them. Um, it just reminds me of the book of Acts. And it reminds me of the Gospels where Jesus said he sent out his disciples. And, you know, they had to go from town to town. And he said, whosoever opens up your house, you know, stay with them and bless them and so forth. Mm. And just the generosity, just like everywhere. It was just awesome. Oh, we got to bless uh, Chantal and Chantal's Robbie's house. house as well, yes. and um, believing God for peace yes. between her and uh, the neighbor. But really, 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 just such an awesome time. And at times, just watching the anointing come and just people just being ready and open. Mm. But you know, I always say this it takes two to tango. Yeah. yeah. And the thing about them, all of them, they've got an honor and a respect for the minister. Yes, yeah. And Andrew mentioned that countless times. Yeah. Andrew, Andrew was just like, that really stuck out to him. And as a result, God could move, yes. you know, and God yes. could do things. I mean, just how the Lord just touched these people's hearts. It's just absolutely amazing. And they just said to us, no, you've got to come back again. We've got to come back again. Yeah. The other thing that the Lord showed me, well, I think stood out to all of us, was the children. Yeah. How pivotal the children are. And, like, we sometimes overlook them. You yeah. You know, because we, like, all grown up and we focus more on the grown up people. And then we, yeah. we just, we don't notice the little hungry hearts yeah. of the kids. Yeah. And this weekend, we, we saw, because there were four kids in total, you know. Yeah. And it... it it just it just amazes me, like how easy it is for them. They how pure their faith is, and how mm. simple everything is to yeah. them, you know. And we can learn so much from them. And like it makes me like look at kids differently, yes. yeah. you know. So yeah, you know what's so interesting to me, Megan's hundred percent. That was such a blessing, really. Yeah, Megan's hundred percent correct. You start, you get around the kids, and you see how eager the yeah. children are. Oh, my word, yes. And you read about this in the Bible when you, you kind of take kids for granted, you know, it's just a, a way of life and so forth. But then you start seeing God has got a plan with the kids mm. because sometimes what we don't realize is it takes the children to be able to reach the other children yes. in their class or in the playground or in the neighborhood. Mm. And it's just something that parents can't do or adults can't do or even Sunday school. You know, there's a lot of children who have parents who are lost. Yes. Yeah. And they're they not hearing the word. Yeah, they don't know about God. And so if the parents are lost, the children are lost. Mm -hmm. And then you've got these kids who have Christian parents and they anointed of God to reach their fellow children. It is amazing. It's just the love of God. You just see how God is after the people all the time. Mm -hmm. So that's something that uh, really, really blessed us. I tell you what, a lot happened this weekend. Yes. 
a lot happened. We learned a lot. Yeah. We definitely learned a lot. Like your mind has to process everything that's going on. The hunger, the baptisms, the children. It's just the, the love, the hospitality. It's just a lot mm. to to process. I'm still, I'm kind of still there, to be honest. Yeah. We also learned like two days is not enough at all. No. Because, you know, when you're dealing with um, so many people, you can actually exhaust your spirit because you don't have enough time yeah. to top yourself up. Yeah. So you also have to make time for that because in order for that anointing to flow freely, yeah. you've got to um, be full of the word. You've got to be f- like, yeah, yeah anyway. Uh, yeah, uh, that is something that I've really learned as well. In such a short space of time, we try to do a lot as possible because there's not many hours in the day. And, you know, people think you're just preaching the gospel, you're just talking. But in actuality, what a minister must do, a minister needs to prepare, a minister needs to fill himself up or herself up yes. because otherwise you've got nothing to give the people. Yes. You're pouring out. Yes. That's what you're really doing. Yes. And when you pour out, you are imparting into them. Mm. And that means you become empty. And yeah. people don't see that. They just think it's a bunch of words and you're just saying really nice things and you're reading a scripture from the Bible. But really, it's the anointing that's on you that mm. comes by the Holy Ghost. Yes. And so you're pouring out and you're imparting into these people and it's your job. You need time to refuel. You need time with the Lord yourself. Mm. And that's something that, yeah, we ran short on. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Can I say something? I think that is my fault. Mm-hmm. Because I said, God, give them more than what they're expecting. No, I, don't, <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, mm-hmm. um, it was really a wonderful weekend, an eye-opening weekend. I think it was a, like, more like training ground for us. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was, I enjoyed it. And here's something interesting. Uh, a few months ago, we were praying, and this is why I always tell people, Lean on prayer. Yes. Okay. Lean on prayer. I, I just find Christians just don't pray enough. Mm. And that's how you really engage with the Father. You know, that's that's how you release faith. Faith is released in a time of prayer. Mm. Well, anyway, we prayed and Marius just came forward and he said to us, The Lord is showing me that there's going to come a time where you guys are going to start traveling. And he said, uh, just prepare for that. You're going to start traveling. So we said, okay, I'll receive that. And the first trip was to Johannesburg. Mm. The second trip is to East London. And now there's more trips coming. Yeah. So you, you can see who's behind that. That's our dad. Yeah. And part of our ministry is to travel. If that's the way he wants it. You know, someone says, well, why doesn't he send someone from East London? I don't know. I find that he is taking us to the people because people don't want to go to church anymore because church is, it's like it's changed, you know? So it's not, it's not that they don't want to go to church. It's like, you just, where do you go where they're preaching the truth, you know? And so I feel like even with the newspaper, the Lord was taking us and making us go and take him to the people. Yeah. So I love that. That's so personal because he is the God who, how, what do they call him? He's the one who pursues. Yes. Yeah. He's yeah. always pursuing everyone. And who knows where we're going to go next, but we trust him mm. and we let him. You know, the scripture says the footsteps of the righteous are ordered yes. by the Lord. Amen. He orders your footsteps. Yes. So we go where he is preordained. And we do exactly what he wants us to do. And all of it is out of love. Mm. It's all out of love. He's he's a father. He's a family man. And um, so, okay. That was just a little intro. If you got your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And... 
just chatting with our early ghost this morning and I said to him, what is it that you want me to talk to the people about? And he said to me, I want you to talk to them about faith. Romans chapter 12, and then you can just keep your place there, and then I'm just going to talk. Okay, so if you haven't noticed by now, the world is in a complete mess. I mean, there are men that identify as women, and they think that they can fall pregnant, and they will argue with you. I mean, if that's not a mess, then I don't know. That's why I posted that... Uh that thing on the group where that woman identifies as a pig. Yes, it's people are identifying as pigs. There's people, you know, this whole thing of identification. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> there's, there's, uh, there's a whole lot of wars going on. Russia is uh, fighting with the Ukraine. Iran is threatening Israel. Israel is retaliating on Palestine. And then there's earthquakes and, and all these things taking place. Now, why are these things happening? The answer is very, very simple. It all goes back to the Garden of Eden. Mm. That's where everything started. Okay? So, we know the story. I'm not going to go there. Just keep your place in Romans 12. God created the earth, created the heavens, and so forth. And then... After he created this beautiful garden, he created mankind, as we know, Adam and Eve. Okay, now at that point in time, I'm not going to elaborate too much, but they were not naked. Yeah, I'm not going to give you a whole lot, I'm not going to explain all that, but. There's scripture that will tell you they were not naked. Okay. Yeah. There was nothing like that. Why? And I'll explain to you now now about all of that. Now, they were made in his image. Okay. So what do we know about God? First of all, God is light. Now, there are countless scriptures that talk about that. One prophet in the Old Testament said, He is shafts of light from the waist up, and He is shafts of light from the waist down. And it says, when He stretches out His hand, and the minute He opens up His hand, just the shafts of light come out of His hands as well. The New Testament says the exact same thing. It says he is the invisible God who is the unapproachable light. He is so bright. If you had to come close to him as a spirit, I'm not talking about in your flesh, as a spirit, you would have to block your eyes. You cannot look at him. That's why it says no man has seen God didn't say no man has ever gone to heaven. That's not what it says. It says no man has seen God. Well, how are you going to see light that is so intensely bright? You can't. Okay. So if God made Adam and Eve in his image, what do you think they were supposed to look like? Light. Yeah. They were light bulbs. (laughs) In a nutshell, they were light bulbs. Now, someone says, and where do you come on that? Just calm down. <laughs> We're going to get there. <laughs> there are various scriptures that talk about how man was before the fall. Yes. See, if you look in the book of Psalms, especially, God says, He crowned man with His glory. He was lit up like a Christmas tree. Well, way, way brighter than that, of course. Mm -hmm. So now this will give you the illustration and a better understanding of the fall of man. We know the story. God said to Adam, don't eat of the fruit of this tree. And so forth and so on. We know what happened. 
they went and they ate from the fruit. Okay. Now, all of a sudden, the scripture tells us their eyes were opened and they saw that they were naked. Okay. Number one, that just tells you right off the bat. I mean, why were they naked? The light had gone out. The light had gone out. Thank you. The glory was removed. Mm. Now they could finally see their physical bodies. The light went out. Now all of a sudden they, they somehow knew that they were supposed to be covered. And you know, we've got the idea of the, you know, the little paintings and so forth of, you know, covering uh, just the, the private parts. Yeah. No. <laughs> He tried to cover up his whole body because his whole body was flooded with light. So that that gives you an illustration of the fall of man. We don't see that in our Bibles, but when you actually spend time, that's why I always tell people, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible, get to know him. So when the light went out, that was when man fell. And I like to explain to people like this because God gave this illustration to me. And I love it. Mankind has been designed by God to have an overseer. You have to have an overseer. You are not equal to God. There's there's no such thing as there's God, there's the devil, and then there's you. And you've got your own choice and you don't need God and you don't need the devil. You understand? You have to be connected to someone. It's just the way it is. Now, what happened was God chose two people to multiply the human race on planet Earth. And we know that was Adam and Eve. So what happens when two light bulbs are out and they make more light bulbs? Do you think those bulbs are going to be switched on? No. No? (laughs) That's good, Marius. Yeah. There's load shedding. (laughs) Load shedding in the kingdom, (laughs) unfortunately. Or you can say it like this. God said, if you eat from that tree, you shall surely die. Or you can say it like that. I like to say it like this because this is the way the Lord gave it to me. If you eat from that tree, you're going to be unplugged from me. What happens when you pull the plug out? The light goes out. Isn't that exactly what happened to Adam and Eve? Mm, It's exactly what happened to them. They were separated from him. And you know, everyone stops right there, but we don't talk a little bit further. God had to take them out of the garden. Mm. So now they were completely separated from eternal life. Separated from the glory. They were spiritually dead. So everyone after that, that was conceived, came out dead, came out separated from God. Now, did they completely forget about God immediately? No. When, you, when you're reading in the book of Genesis, you discover there were still a lot of people that were well aware of God. And as the families were multiplying and multiplying and multiplying and so forth, there were many people that still knew about him. But now watch this. The death, the curse started manifesting. And we see that right off the bat. The scripture talks about Cain and Abel. You people know about all of that. Now the Bible does not say Cain and Abel were the very first children. does not say that. Because it talks about other people that were around the same time. So, hello. You understand? They lived around for hundreds and hundreds of years. So now from that, you've got this guy that's killing his brother. And then as the family grows, the death is expanding. And there's more members of the family that's killing each other. This was never heard of in the garden before the fall. There was no death there. But now death came as a result of sin. And then so they started sinning more and more and more. 
and you just got this whole and this is this is how the kingdom of darkness was formed and can you look up for that scripture i think it's in colossians uh talks about being translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son so now you've got death that's expanding. You've got sin that's expanding. Now there's a whole lot of junk that's happening. But at the same time, as the next generation is coming about, and they're growing up, and the next generation is coming about, slowly but surely, generation after generation after generation, the idea of God and his existence is slowly fading out of their minds. And it's becoming duller and duller and duller. If that's a word. Mm, it is now. <laughs> we'll put that in the Holy Ghost Dictionary. <laughs> and so people are drifting further and further and further away from God. And now you're getting people like atheists. And now you're getting people um, that's practicing witchcraft. And now you've got people that wants to talk to the dead. This is a result of Adam and Eve. Okay. What's that scripture, Andrew? Um, it's uh, Colossians 1.13. I'm just giving it here. Okay. And so in Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 it says, For he has rescued us. From the kingdom of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. But now what I'm focusing on, there's a kingdom of darkness. Mm -hmm. You see, when was this kingdom formed? How did this kingdom of darkness come about? Because God didn't create that. You see, remember when God gave authority to Adam mm -hmm. and he said, I'm giving you this earth. He couldn't take it back because God is a man that cannot lie. Yeah. He couldn't say, whoa, Adam, Eve, you guys stuffed up and this was not part of the plan. I'm going to have to take back the title deed. You see, he could not do that. Because once God says something, that's it. Yeah. And it does not change. Like I said, today's Wednesday. If God himself had to walk into this place right now and say, what a beautiful Sunday it is. I'm it's telling Sunday. you, it becomes Sunday yeah. automatically. All the calendars change. Your phone will automatically line up the tablets, the calendars around the world, the clocks. Everything will change. The dates will move forward just because he said it. Yes. Whatever God says goes. So God said, I give this to you, Adam. And he handed this over. But now remember what I said. Mankind has got to have an overlord. We are subject to someone. And what happened? So how did this kingdom of darkness come about? Well, the answer is very simple. Who was the one that was enticing Eve in the garden? The serpent. the serpent and we know him as the devil yeah. and the minute adam and eve unplugged from god they plugged into the devil mm. straight away there was no gap there was no time where they could think about it they didn't have a choice why because satan became their god See, and that is how the kingdom of darkness was formed. Right there. Don't you remember when Jesus was out in the wilderness and he was tempted of the devil? Yeah. Remember that? And remember when Satan said to Jesus, If you bow down to me, all these kingdoms and the riches of it, I will give to you because, watch this, he said, because it was given to me, mm. it was not given to Adam. Adam lost it. Mm. He lost authority. It was handed over to Satan. You remember what Jesus said just before he went to the cross? He said, now 
the prince of this world yes. is going to be cast out. He's referring to Satan. Yeah. So this is where the kingdom of darkness was formed. Right there when Adam and Eve sinned. The light went out. They unplugged from eternal life and they plugged into eternal death. And that's how the sin and so forth came about. So people have questions about where's this tornadoes coming from? Where's this earthquakes and all of that coming from? It's a result of the curse. Yeah. It's a result of death. Why is all these floods taking place? Why is there rapes taking place? Why are there murderers and that? It's a result of the curse. It's a result of the kingdom of darkness. Yes. And it has a lease in this earth. And God told us what that lease period is. He said it's 6,000 years. And that's coming to an end very, very soon. And we'll, we won't get into that right now. But there comes a time where he takes that power back. And that's when the, if I can say, the ownership of Adam comes to an end. Okay. Now, God knew all this was going to take place. And so we know about over the years, he had a plan in place to get his man back. He could not go and take the soil and form another man because the soil was cursed. If he had to take the soil, he would have made another dead man. He couldn't come in and kick the man out because the place was not his. And if he did that, he would be violating his own laws. So he couldn't come into this earth and just create another man from scratch. He had to trick the system and he had to do it legally. And I'm telling you, if you were in his shoes, this place is a mess. Every man that was born, of course, now you know, he's born dead. He's destined for hell. He has to go to hell because he's dead. Yes. He can't go to heaven. And God could have just given up and turned around and walked away. Because this place was in a complete mess. So you, can you imagine him sending his own son to the earth? For us. Now you can see the love in that. So fast forward to that. Of course you know. God sent his son and so forth. And we know why now. We know why. Joseph couldn't touch Mary. Because Joseph was born dead. Yeah, yeah but what about Mary? Wasn't she born dead as well? Yes she was. She was born dead. But remember if you go and look in the law of Moses. It says that the woman, her womb is the matrix by which the firstborn comes into the earth. That's why God had to choose a virgin, a woman that never gave birth to a, a child before. Yeah. So that, that is the legal way to get this man into the earth. And that was Jesus Christ of Nazareth, of course. So Jesus had to be born of a virgin and it had to be done uh, supernaturally. We know the story. Uh, an angel of the Lord appeared. She, she was outside. She came back inside uh, her house. There's an angel standing there. And she was like, oh, ish. She, <laughs> she had a little South African in her. <laughs> she said, hi, Bo. <laughs> no, no, that didn't happen. Um, and uh, the angel said, he greeted her and he said, you are highly favored of the Lord. And he told her that she's going to give birth. Uh, she's going to carry the, the son of God. And he said, now watch this. That thing which is conceived. Now, now watch this. Someone says, how, how does God get his seed into a woman? It's very simple. He speaks it. The angel was the messenger. And he sowed the seed by speaking it. Yes. And he said, you will carry a son. That thing which is conceived of in you is of the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. And he said, the Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you and so forth and so on. So 
We go and read in John chapter 1. You can read all about that. The word of God became flesh. See that? What word of God? The one that was spoken to her by the angel of the Lord. That thing which is conceived in you is of the Holy Ghost. That's the word of God that was sown as a seed and it became flesh. And we know the story Jesus uh, was born. Okay. Now, I said all that to say this. So now once you got born again, remember now the kingdom of darkness is operating and it's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Now out of that comes all these false religions. Every religion you can figure out under the sun comes up like Islam and Hinduism and Buddhism and all this rubbish. Everything but God. Just to keep you away from the truth. That's all it is. To create confusion. So that you can struggle and think to yourself, how do I know which is the, the one true God? All this junk that came about here in the world is just a distraction. That's all it is. Yeah. It's false gods. There's no such thing. Doesn't exist. Okay. So now this kingdom of darkness is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And the people that are living in this earth are unfortunately subject to that kingdom. Okay. Now, when you get born again, this is what happened to you. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. We're going to go there quickly. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, he's talking about believers here. He's not talking about every man. He says everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, watch this, here's, here's the highlight, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Okay. So when you got born again, you are no longer a citizen under the kingdom of darkness. Or you can even say it like this, the kingdom of death. Mm, yeah. Have you noticed everything that the world has put together just doesn't work? Yeah. Yeah. Have you looked at their financial systems? Mm. That's under the kingdom of darkness. It's dead. Yeah. It's rotting at the core. There's so much corruption in it. There's been so many recessions. Countries that have got an income of trillions, their unemployment rate is sky high. They're full of debt. I don't know a country that doesn't have debt. You know what debt is? Debt is simply a sign of financial death. Mm. Did you think God took a loan out to build heaven? No. Huh? You think he took a loan out to to I make mean, the earth? Yeah. Um, Mr. Standard Bank. Um, I got a quote from the nursery. Is I'm just growing a, a whole range of trees. There's pine trees and and oak trees and I mean the list is just it's a staggering quote that I got here. A couple of billion. You know, do I qualify? It sounds stupid. From First Universe Bank. <laughs> From First Universe Bank. There's no, God's not in debt. No. It just shows you, this comes from Adam. Let's look at the, the world or the kingdom of darkness. Don't be fooled when you go out there and you got your fancy medical aid. And you're dealing with su supposedly first uh, world class hospitals. And people are still dying. Yeah. And you've got doctors that are misdiagnosed. I've, in these last days, I've known of so many people mm -hmm. that are paying thousands and thousands and thousands on medical aid. And the doctors, so-called professional doctors, are misdiagnosing people left, right and center. Does that sound like the kingdom of heaven or does that sound like the kingdom of darkness? Yeah. 
Darkness. Kingdom of darkness. Because in the kingdom of darkness, everything has to fail. See? If you look at the school system, which comes from the kingdom of darkness, what are the children actually learning? Nothing. It's designed to make you fail. Look at the brand new car you buy. Can your car last a hundred years? No. No. That car is designed to only run for a certain amount of years. Am I, am I shining the light on stuff here? Yeah. You look at the banks. Failed. How many banks have collapsed? How many banks are never going to come back again? Mm-hmm. I can just go on and on and on. This is the world we live in. We refer to it as the world, but really all of that whole system is the kingdom of darkness. That's it. And and their God is Satan. It's not Allah. It's not that elephant with six arms. I don't even know what that thing's called. I don't know there was an elephant with six arms. Yeah, there's an elephant with six arms and I think a saucer between its legs. And uh, there's, there's a there's Hare Krishna and all that nonsense. All of those all of those religions as well, all of them failing, rotten at the core. This is the only kingdom that has proven itself, the only kingdom that is real is the kingdom of God's dear son. The kingdom of God. It's the only one that is alive. It's the only one that has testimonies of people that have gone beyond the veil. It's the only kingdom that has got testimonies of people overcoming this world. So that's what I, I wanted to actually tell you. Go to First John chapter 5, please. And the, the Lord just wants us to talk about this. You were given, now remember Romans chapter 12, or was it 12 that we read, eh? Yeah. Um, Romans chapter 12 says that... God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Okay? So when you got born again, yes, you live in this world. Okay? Yes, you live in this world that's called the kingdom of darkness. We are not in heaven just yet. And God knows that. God knows that this place is rotten at the core. God knows the world leaders are corrupt. God knows the police services are You know, God knows these things. And he takes care of us right here. And he gives us faith. Faith is how you overcome that world. First John chapter 5, are you there? Yes. And um, I'm just going to read from the New King James Version. I'm going to read first John chapter 5 verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Now, Everyone that is listening tonight, that's live streaming, and every one of you people that are in this room tonight, all of us are born of God. And it says, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Now, over here where it says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. We've been through this before, but for those who have never heard it before, I'm going to say it again. When it says here, world, it's not talking about the earth. Okay? In the Greek, a lot of the New Testament has been written in Greek. That word world in the Greek is referring to a government system. That's what it's talking about. And what it's actually referring to is the kingdom of darkness. That's what it's talking about. The kingdom of darkness that's rotten at the very core. And he says, I have given you faith, so you've got no excuse. Whatever the kingdom of darkness throws up against you, you've got faith to overcome that. So if you've been given a negative report, from the doctors, you can overcome that. Because it's not subject to you. 
You're not a citizen of this world anymore. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And God loves you. He, you are his son. You are his daughter. You're no longer subject to the devil. Yeah. You're no longer subject to whatever he brings out. See? You're now a subject of the kingdom of God. You're a citizen of heaven. You have faith. Jesus... When he was in this earth, he used faith. And he showed us and he told us, hey, have faith in God. And you can use faith on simple things. He used it on a tree. Yep. It's not a bad thing to use faith on a tree. Mm. You can use faith on food. He did that. Where he, they only had five fish and two loaves. He used faith there on the fish. Why? Because the world... The kingdom of darkness has got lack. So what did he do? He used that faith to overcome the kingdom of darkness. That's what faith is there for. Don't put up with your situation. Whatever has been thrown up against you, you have been given the power. You've been given the authority to overcome it. So this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith, even to the point of death. I want you to listen carefully now, because Jesus said, these things and these signs will you do, and even greater because I go to my Father. Did you know that as much as they wanted to kill the Son of God, they couldn't do it? Why? He was using faith. The faith God gave him. And he, he went like this here in Mark chapter 11. He said, have the faith of God. Have it. He's offering it to you. Have the faith of God. And then he said this. This is how it works. He said, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea and will not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he says will come to pass. Not might come to pass. Not we don't know if it's the will of God. Not, well, we'll see how this turns out. If you believe in your heart that these things which you say will come to pass, he says you will have whatsoever you say. Not might have. You will have. So they tried to kill Jesus. They couldn't do it. We see that in the scriptures. Many times they tried to throw him off a cliff. Could not do it. Why? He used faith. This is the faith that overcomes the world. This is the faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even your faith. You have been given faith to overcome this kingdom of darkness that you're in. The devil has been defeated. You don't have to put up with sickness and disease. You don't have to put up with a crummy marriage. You don't have to put up with anything that gets thrown your way anymore. You already have victory. Yeah. You are already an overcomer. Yes. You don't have to put up with debt. You don't have to put up with anything that the kingdom of darkness produces. You don't have to put up with it because God has already dealt to you the measure of faith and it's up to you to use it. If you are being beat about by the devil, then that's your own fault. It's not God's fault and it's certainly not the devil's because you have been given that authority and you need to use it. Oh, we're almost running out of time here. Does anyone want to throw in anything? Yeah, I just want to mention this. Um, even um, recently, one of the ministers in South Africa, uh, she's got bodyguards and these uh, thieves came along and robbed the bodyguards and robbed her. Yeah. And uh, like in the world, you know, like security services doesn't work. That's it. That's it. But um, that's why, like, I always pray divine protection for all of our partners. And because nothing beats supernatural help. Yeah. You know, um, I just believe that God is, he is the great protector. Oh, yeah. He is our refuge. He is our fortress. And like the cops fall short. Yeah. Security services fall short. You know, and, you know, when a person 
gets him involved. Like he will lead you in advance. Like sometimes even years in advance to do something, you know, because he loves us. Andrew, and I love that. Yeah, I, I just believe like no one should play with their lives. Yeah. Always uh, pray Psalm 91. Very, very, very good. Um, I actually really love what he says. Thank you for reminding me. Again, I'm going to point this out. The governments of the world, the police services, they fail worldwide, not just in South Africa. You just need to step back. Eh? You know, we are quick to blame local governments and stuff like that, and rightfully so. Don't get me wrong, but what I'm saying is this is bigger than South Africa. The governments around the world are failing. There is no protection. You get the so-called arm response. You don't want to hear what Megan and I have to say about arm response. Just the poor service. Why? Because we're not in heaven. You can't put your trust in man. You cannot do it. This is coming from the kingdom of darkness. Again, everything in the kingdom of darkness, or also known as, a.k.a. the world. There's nothing that actually works that comes out of the world. Nothing. You know, they got those little tables in America. And they challenge you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. The guy sits there and, and man, he puts down like a cocky statement. Eh? And he'll say, and I would put this, nothing in the world works. Um, what? Change my mind. Change my mind. <laughs> you got the United Nations, useless. Yeah. Absolutely useless. You got the World uh, International Police Forum, useless. All of them. It should not come as a surprise to you. Mm. Their God is Satan. So, like Andrew says, again, you've got faith. God has given you faith. And that faith is there. You can use it in protection. Mm. And like Andrew says, get to know Psalm 91. Because nothing in the kingdom of God fails. Everything in the kingdom of God works. You know, get to know your blood covenant. I'll just give a quick little testimony. Um, Years ago, I was still wet behind the ears and I wanted a chocolate. And uh, Andrew and I said, we're going to just take a walk here to the store quickly and go and and get a chocolate. And the Lord said to me, don't get a chocolate. Now, there's the kingdom of God working. Right away, there's the kingdom of God working. And I said, oh, well, you know, Lord, I, I really want a chocolate. And he said, don't get the chocolate. But, you know, like I said, now understand what I'm saying. I was still wet behind the ears, okay? So don't judge me on. <laughs> so we went. And I, I was still on my phone. Andrew was still on his phone. And the Lord said, leave your phone at home. Yeah. And I said, no, I know better. He was also wet behind <laughs> the ears. Don't judge him on. <laughs> So we went to the store and we came out the store and the Lord said to me, pretend like you are turning into one of these apartment blocks. They've got those swinging doors. Just go in there. And I was like, why would I do that? That's so odd. He said, just just pretend to do that. And man, we just heard these guys coming behind us and they that happened so fast and they had knives Two guys pulled me. Another guy pulled Andrew. Of course, when they when they grabbed Andrew, I jumped to protect him. And when I did that, the guy put a knife right by my eye. Well, and uh, the guy, he ran behind me and he stabbed me in my back. He stabbed Andrew twice in the back and he stabbed me in my arm. We didn't know it. We didn't know it. And I had money in my pocket and I had keys in my other pocket. And these guys frisked us. This this happened. Man, I tell you what. These guys probably practiced this stuff during the day. Because that, it happened so fast. So he puts his hand in my pocket. And this this is the thought that went through my mind, really. I said, oh my, he's going to take my chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I came all this way for my chocolate. He's going to take my chocolate. And God blinded his, his eyes and he didn't take my chocolate. I was so happy. <laughs> well, 
He probably didn't like the flavour. <laughs> <laughs> he stuck his hand in my pocket. Uh, for some weird reason, I just I just didn't take a wallet. I, I had notes. He stuck his hand in my pocket and he didn't take one note. And there was a couple of notes there. And he didn't take my chocolate and he didn't even take the keys. <laughs> Morris is laughing. And Andrew's, <laughs> Andrew's uh, phone was in his hand. So obviously they saw that and they grabbed his phone and they didn't take anything else. The two guys left and the one guy, I remember the one guy stood and just looked at me. And man, his eyeballs were as big as saucers. He just stared at me. And now I'm contemplating, okay, there's one of them. Should I grab him? Because I'm looking here, there's a brick wall. I can take him and just smash his head against the wall. That's, that's what's going on in my mind, you know. I'm thinking this would be a good time to do this. But anyway, he, and he darted off. So I check, Andrew, are you okay? He goes, yeah, he's okay. And uh, I check my pockets. I'm like, this guy took nothing, you know. That was all a waste. It was all a waste. Well, I saw my sleeve was full of blood, of course, and Andrew's back uh, full of blood and so forth. And we got back home and went to go and get our weapons of mass destruction. And uh, we went hunting for those guys, but they were gone. But my point is this. I took my shirt off and I just cleaned up there and my sister man she was in tears and said no you need to go to a doctor and so forth and you you know they need to stitch it up. i said i'm not going to let them stitch us up this is i don't need that i just cleaned it up and i said i'm not going to have them make more holes to cover up the first hole it doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah. you know and uh and that was it man and we just said we just pray over that and it's gone done and we moved on and man, I was so happy I had my chocolate. <laughs> he didn't take he didn't take one of those notes. <laughs> but that's the kingdom of God. That's what I'm talking about. The, the kingdom of God will protect your chocolate. <laughs> I'm joking. The, the point is this. The kingdom of God is operating all the time. The kingdom of God never fails. And all it takes is for us to listen. Because we have someone who loves us dearly and is looking out for us and that's why we have church so that you can learn about these things and that's why we encourage you read your bible so that you can get to know him and and start hearing his voice and when he talks to you listen to him don't do what i did i've i haven't done it since i promise you that (laughs) when god says now to me don't do this i understand i don't do it i don't question him i just trust him see that's it. That's it. That's it. And what I'm saying is the kingdom of God never fails. And you are no longer a citizen of the kingdom of darkness. Yes. Mm-hmm. You don't have to put up with its failures. Yeah. You don't have to put up with its shortcomings. It's designed to fail. It's never, ever going to come right. Never. No. Okay. But you've been translated, as I read in Colossians chapter 1, you've been translated out of that kingdom of darkness. You're now in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of His dear Son. And God has given you faith to overcome that rotten system. Whatever's thrown up against you, you don't have to put up with it anymore. All right? Mm. Can we close in a word of prayer? Mm. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your precious spirit. We thank you for your gentle spirit. We thank you for light. We thank you, Father, for giving us this word. Thank you, Lord, that this word will not return void, but it will prosper in the thing whereto you sent it. Just as you said in the book of Isaiah, we love you because you first loved us. You are beautiful, Father. You are loving, Dad. We are so blessed to have you as our Father. We're so blessed to be part of your kingdom. We're so blessed to have our names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Yes, Lord. Thank you for tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And you know how we end this. Remember, faith comes by hearing. So keep on hearing. Hey, everyone. If you enjoyed today's podcast, 
Feel free to let us know by contacting us via our Telegram channel, Trevor Van Vieren Ministries, or send us a message on our Facebook account. And if you liked what our ministry is doing, why not partner up with us and sow into God's vision, which is to bring a printed copy of our newspaper to every house in our city. All funds are used to increase the print run and reach more houses with the good news of Jesus Christ. You can sow via our website at www.thedailywitness.co.za. There you will find a tab called Sow into a Vision. If you are inside of South Africa, you can use the option of SnapScan. You can download this app free of charge from Play Store or iTunes. If you are outside of South Africa, you can use our option of Give and Gain. We thank you for your faith and generous support. Remember, we love you and Jesus loves you.